Hallelujah. I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. No better place to see God's presence, be in the midst of his people, to lift his name up without restriction, to dance, to praise. Let everything that hath breath make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And we are here today to magnify the God of all gods, the mighty, the eternal, the self-sufficient, the ever-abiding, the never-ending God of grace, power, and love. We are here today, so let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah.
cross. There's no love that compare to Calvary. We are going to receive communion. It is a day that we remember the power of the cross. We remember its work. We remember our desperation, our darkness, the past sinful lives that we've been freed from. Today we are going to partake of a symbolism of Jesus' broken body and the symbolism of his shed blood. This is something that Paul received of Jesus for the Gentile church. And he says, And I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that in Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took a cup. When he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament. It is established in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For in as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show faith in the Lord's death till he come again. The cross, many people get weary. Many lose their way following it. Many end up being hurt. Many end up being broken. Many end up being offended. But remember that it's we're not in servitude to everyone. We are in servitude to one king and one Lord. And no matter what people do in their frailty, there is forgiveness for them from us and from him. But we must not allow them, those that are growing, those that have become disoriented, those who have become lukewarm, those that have repeating what has happened to them. Whatever it might be, we cannot let them separate us from the power of the cross. We must never lay the cross down. We must ever abide in its shadow. And today we call to remembrance till Jesus comes. Someone said, I don't believe in the rapture. Jesus is coming. I believe he's coming back, but he's not. No, no, the resurrection will take place. Kingdom now theology is a false doctrine. Jesus is going to come. We will go with him, meet him in the air, and we shall ever be with the Lord, and we shall appear before him, before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall be in heaven for seven years. It is a marriage feast of the bride we are those that have been redeemed by the blood we are those that are under the altars they will return with him and we shall meet them in the air therewith we shall be transformed and changed hallelujah
But today we remember that he transformed a cursed life to a blessed life. For he bore our curse in his body that we might be recipients of the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. By faith in that one Jesus Christ, we are the sons and daughters of God. Secondly, we do not belong to this world. We do not belong to a world of rationale and reason. We belong to a kingdom of faith and power. We belong to a kingdom where nothing is impossible to those that will dare believe that God is faithful. We are those that have been washed in the blood, reunited with God, redeemed from all sin and shame, and we stand before God in righteousness through one Christ Jesus. Let us be bold today as we were that day when we accepted him as Lord of our life. Today we celebrate a completed work of Jesus for us at the cross. No one can take it from us. The devil cannot separate us from it. And we will not walk away from it. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today we open up these tables of the symbolisms of God, of the body of our Lamb, the body of His Son, the body of our Redeemer, the body of our Savior, and we rejoice today. Let the weary become strong. Let the shameful become courageous, confident again. Let those that have stumbled pick yourself up. Those that have lost your purpose, open your eyes for God is before you. Let us renew ourselves. Let us rekindle the flames of fire and passion. Today is like no other day. All of our yesterdays have brought us to right here that we will not be the same as we reminisce on the goodness of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. The tables are all open at your discretion. Hallelujah.
the doors fling I seek glory as I run inside your throne room before you I bow See glory as I run inside your throne room before you I bow. The veil is torn, the doors swing wide. I sing glory. Yeah. 
the Lord this morning would come to worship who he is. God, we exalt you, God, for who you are, God, and what you've done in our lives, God. You are magnificent and mighty, God, the healer of all things, God, the mighty deliverer, the one who provides provision, God.
every hand lifted across this building. Can we exalt the mighty King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who gave us life. Come on, let's exalt him this morning and say, God, you, you are the only one that I love. You, God, are the only one that I exalt this morning. There are no others, no others above you, for you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, let your praise rend the heavens. Let your praise.
off when you get down Hallelujah. Praise oh, the Lord on such a beautiful Jesus. day. Hallelujah. Hot Praise and beautiful. God. Hallelujah. I like it hot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what do we got today, darling? Well, uh, let's uh, greet all the live streamers this morning. Hello. We're glad that you joined us. Yes. Wish you were here, but sometimes I know you just can't be. Amen. But we're encouraged that you're watching. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're glad. Yeah. Now, if you're here for the very first time, raise your hand real high. These gentlemen here is going to give you, right there, nice to have you with us. Let me see who else. Where's, I need a ball cap <laughs> with a bill on it. But anyway, it's nice to have you, and those gentlemen's going to give you a card like this. And after the service, if you'll take it out to the Welcome Center, they'll send you over to the cafe and you get anything to eat or drink that we have out there. And uh, that's our gift to you. Yeah. For just coming and being a part. Yeah, amen. And then we have Friday night prayer this coming Friday. Yeah. It will be from 9 p.m. to 12. And uh, you can come in at any section of the time so you don't have to stay for all of it. Right. And uh, then this coming Saturday, we will launch a church in the community in Sydney. We will be sending teams out to hang out door hangers and uh, visit laundromats and uh, pay for people's laundry and drying and all that kind of stuff. They're going to be leaving the church at 8.30 a.m. and returning around noon. Please sign up at the Welcome Center or see Pastor Kylan for more information. Or you can call the church and talk yeah. to him about that also. And then uh, this, no, <laughs> the month of August, we are starting a prayer series. Okay. Going to be preaching on prayer for four Sunday mornings. And then on Wednesday nights, for those that have signed up and gotten a free book, whether they're going to pray for their spouses or for finances or children, whatever it is, mm -hmm. we have bought those books for them. And so we're going to be going Wednesday night. We'll come together and break up in groups three or four groups, and then we're going to be preaching and uh, sharing and discovering what's, that's what good. is in that book. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to learn to pray more. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. And then Amen. what is this? this Women's Shopping Day? Annual. Well, we're going to have another one, girls. Is this the annual? <laughs> yeah. We have one every year. But this time it's going to be different. We're going to go to Dayton because I had some requests to go to... <laughs> To go to Dayton to Steinmart, and uh, there's a TJ Maxx in there, and there's some other little shops in there too. So I think you girls will enjoy it this year. We're gonna take the bus. Oh, what else is it? I better. That's August the 17th. Yes, and you have to have a list of your husband's sizes. Of course, honey. Absolutely. Of course, honey. And L means large and lots. <laughs> large and lots. <laughs> kidding you I tell you what they do have golf shirts there for like $24 now that's a steal if you know what golf shirts cost 70 and 80 dollars that's a steal and they're nice looking golf shirts so and if you steal them they're cheaper no. than what they <laughs> no. oh, okay. All no, right. that is a steal <laughs> yeah. but anyway wait a minute we got to tell them so did you say August 17th did you already say that honey you did I did Okay. Did you forget what you I said? I probably did. Hey. You, I, did you give me my $100? I didn't forget that. 
I don't forget money. Did you give me my hundred? No. You didn't get a so hundred. You, you don't need a hundred. Oh. <laughs> and I didn't lay a hundred back for you. <laughs> so, hey, got okay. that covered. Don't All we? right, let's go before we fuss. Let's go to ah, these screens. We won't fuss. We'll kiss instead of fight. All right. Coming your way Saturday morning, August 24th, 8 a.m. in the church lobby. Biscuits, gravy, bacon, all sorts of stuff like that. Continuing men of responsibility. It's a great time of encouragement and fellowship. So if you've never been at one, come on out. We want you to join us in our time together. And by the way, sign up for our Brotherhood t-shirts. If you want to order one, be there August 24th for that. It's going to be a great time. We'll see you there. Join us on Sunday, August 4th, right after service for Aqua Grande, a fun-filled family event with water games, obstacles, and competitions. Free hamburgers and hot dogs will be served for lunch, so invite your neighbor kids and have an amazing day together. Flyers with details are available at the Welcome Center and the Nerve Center. Sunday, August the 11th, we're kicking back up what turns into our fall run of home groups, August, September, October, and November, always the second Sunday of the month. So pick up a flyer at the Welcome Center or the CSR board in the lobby. On the back has all the locations. Find one near you and when it starts, and we want you to be there because we value relationships. That's what home groups are all about. One side note, Cardone Home Group starting back up in September instead of August, but everybody else is going to be running. Be there. We look forward to seeing the fellowship that happens in our family of faith. I just wanted to see if Danny Gokey doesn't show up, if I could be him. <laughs> we'll get you a wig. Dark well, wig. I don't need a wig. Well, yeah, he had he, dark hair, or I can color it for you like I do mine. He's dark haired? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Do you remember the color of Michael, uh, what was that guy's name? Michael uh, did the moonwalk. Oh, Jackson. Yeah, or do you remember? Pete. Well, I'm not, I'm just, I, I don't mean that. I'm just saying, what part do you remember? It wasn't vulgar. That was just what he did. Oh, sorry, live streamers. <laughs> I have no idea and what church. I'm doing. I'm old. <laughs> Got to keep him in line, yeah. I tell so, you. So, which, what do you remember? Uh, Thank you. Moving right along. You don't need to look at it. I don't, I don't. They, I want them to remember my slide. Okay. Now, help me so I don't fall. Help me so I don't fall. <laughs> I'm kidding. All righty. Praise God. Are All right. We, are we ready to move on now? I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ought to be. I don't think like people think. Everybody thinks 
dirty. I don't think dirty. Well, I don't think dirty either. It took me 10 years to get out of uh, thongs. <laughs> uh, do you have a pair of thongs? Yes. They're flip-flops. <laughs> That's what he was talking about, and he called Look, them thongs. I thought LOL meant lots of love. Yeah. And uh, somebody in our church, somebody in our church, their uh, parents passed away. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss and all that. And at the end of it, I said, LOL. And they asked Nikki, what's going on with your dad? She said, he had no clue. <laughs> he he think that means lots of love, yeah. but it meant lots of laughs. <laughs> no, it meant laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we're going to do lots of laughs now. Okay. Now, you just get out of here. Move. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to receive our tithing offering today. As you give, you know that's going to be given back. God doesn't lie. You know, people say, I just don't believe that God wants to bless me. Well, the Bible says, that I know it's a far-fetched, but let's believe the Bible. Jesus come to turn us from our iniquity that he might bless us. Sin is the only thing that keeps man out of blessing aside from his lack of the use of his faith. But the blessings of God have already been given to you as a believer. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. And so we know that God wants to bless us. That's not a question. The question is if we will mix faith with it. And so God gives seed to the sower. Now, nobody would give seed to somebody that they did not want to increase it, unless it was Phyllis. She can sow a pack of seeds and grow weeds. And that's the truth. But we aren't going to use her today. We're going to use God. If God gives you a seed, what do you think his plan for you is? A harvest, absolutely. How could anybody believe that God doesn't want to increase somebody so that you as an individual would have all sufficiency to abound unto every good work? Who would ever think that God didn't want us involved in good works? That bear witness that we are the children of God, Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse 14, 15. Now, why would anybody think that God lives in wealth where there is no lack, and yet he is the author of need and lack in people's lives? That doesn't, well, well you know, God's trying to teach us something. Well, I think that the Holy Ghost is a better teacher than lack and limitation. Well, you know, sometimes we can forget God, that, that he is our, not our first in our life. So do poor people. It is not a crime to be rich. It is not a crime to be blessed, as we refer to our father Abraham, as we refer to the king whose seed reigns forever through all eternity, King David. Only in the mind that is not renewed and in the carnal mind is wealth a problem. But wealth, when God rules, is an asset to the kingdom. 
Now when greed and fear and all those things take over, then it becomes a snare. People say, well, then I, I wouldn't want to be rich. No, what you ought to do is be able to put off the flesh and put on the new man so that your works will be righteous and your life will be holy. And that we may lay up for us a good bed of good works and secure eternal life in Christ Jesus. Look, if God gives seed, there is no way that God wants to limit us. He wants to prosper us because he has plans and purposes for our life. Could have given an amen. Absolutely. Have any of you ever heard of St. Jude's? That is a hospital that was founded by Danny Thompson. Thomas, I'm sorry. Danny Thomas. Uh, really, he died when I was pretty young. But he had this dream that he could establish a place of help for those that did not have the ability to pay. Now, St. Jude's, if your child is admitted there with cancer and, and other incurable diseases, cares for your child and never sends you one bill. Not one bill. You don't need insurance, you don't need this, you don't need anything. What you do, you need to need their expertise in the area of cancers. Now, we, I, Phyllis and I support that because I think it's one of the marvelous things. Now, I think God has a greater understanding and love for his people than the dream of St. Jude's. In other words, I don't think that God wants us to lack anything in life. Now, call me crazy, call me nuts, call me what, but the Bible says that lions lack, but the seed of the righteous will never want. Does God provide for the lion? Sure. Does God provide for the wants of his saints? Sure. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not. And God has given us these designated ways to release the hand of God in our life or to appropriate the promise of God that we being enabled and empowered by God, may work works that will establish the kingdom of God. There's nothing more important in the, in the Christian life than establishing the kingdom of God. Nothing. That is our purpose. That is our design. That we are to be made disciples, followers of Christ, that establish the kingdom of God in places where nobody else has ever preached it. Now, if any of our activity is not founded in that, then it's just the wrong activity. Amen. So let's realize that the kingdom is not to get individuals rich, but to empower them to establish the kingdom of God. And if you are faithful in doing that, 
then wealth is a sub a sub arm of that but it's not the majority of the arm of what we do anything for amen so today as you give somebody say when I give God will multiply my seed you cannot stop God from multiplying your seed now what you can do is sow without faith and your harvest will never come doesn't mean that God has not multiplied the seed but it means that it gets distracted apprehended and used for the kingdom of darkness purpose the kingdom of darkness purpose that's what Daniel dealt with the kingdom of darkness in between heaven and earth and so as you give today it's going to be given to you God desires to multiply seed father in the name of Jesus we join our faith with those that are here God we believe in your faithfulness there's no doubt in what you will do God you will do God that which you have declared to do God make us people that will be motivated for the purpose of the kingdom we thank you that our heart is your heart God that God you've given us a heart of flesh that it can be motivated and touched by your spirit and God we give you the praise for it in Jesus name Amen and amen. Stand your feet, bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. Well, hey, live streamers, once again, we're glad you joined us this wonderful Sunday morning. Certainly, we're glad you were able to worship with us, worship our Lord and Savior together in unity. It's a great time to do things like that. But anyways, tithe and offering time. So if you want to participate in giving this morning, your tithe and your offering, click on the give button that you find on your screen. Instructions will pop up. Follow the instructions in that window. When you're done with it, click out of it. Be right back to the live stream service. But a couple of things before I let you go. Uh, if you want prayer requests today, if you need prayer for something, give us a prayer request. Put it there online. We'd love to join in faith with you and pray with you about the things of need in your life. Put that prayer request online. And also find us in all of our social media uh, places online. Uh, handle it at only believe ministries is twitter instagram facebook all those things no matter where you're watching us right now you can find us on all those other things find us and see what else is going on at only believe ministries well anyways i'm looking forward to the word today pastor Stoke, it's a great word for us stick around for it it's going to bless your heart God, hallelujah. Somebody said it's hot, not near as hot as hell will be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But thank God we've been delivered from such an end. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn our Bibles to Mark, the ninth chapter, verse 27 through 29 mark 9 27 we're going to continue our teaching on fasting you know years ago somebody wrote me a letter and said pastor will you let me know when the works of the flesh series is over so i can come back 
No, 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 really, this happened. They said, because I just feel so condemned because you're preaching on sin. She said, I just feel like, you know, and I know there's no condemnation. And so I, of course, wrote back very politely and said, if you weren't doing it, there would be no condemnation. But you can't do it and not expect to be condemned. So about 12 weeks later, they returned to the church, faithful to their word. Fasting, as I viewed someone that visited our church last week as a first-time visitor, when we dismissed, I looked up, and I thought it was Flash Gordon and his girlfriend disappearing out of the sanctuary. In other words, they were faster than the speed of light because it is uncommon to hear about battling with the works of the flesh for spiritual purposes. Fasting is not a comfortable subject, but it is a subject that you and I as believers are to understand. It is a part of the weaponry of the kingdom of God. And I make no bones and make no apologies because people get offended or they don't like or whatever they don't. What, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I, I hear this echo, well, you know, I don't have to do everything he tells me to do. You absolutely do not. You do not. But if you think I'm calling us to fast just to show my superiority over you, you just don't have any understanding about how much I love food. <laughs> and if you think I'm doing it just to be spiritual, you don't understand the power of donuts in my life. And so can you be at a distance? Can you be stiff-necked and stiff-armed? Of course. But it's my job as a leader to give you the full counsel of God. It is my job as a leader to lead you by example. It is my job as a leader to lead you into the paths of righteousness that God has unveiled to us. It is my job to lead you into the places that faith, trust, and spiritual things are far more important than natural things. So understand that when we get stiff-necked and we do this, you, and I say this very lightly, you aren't affecting me. It's just that you're affecting your own spiritual life. And so God gives us authority. God gives you authority as a parent. That if your children don't obey you, that they'll be cursed, they'll have a short life. Now, I believe that. And if you don't parent your children, you become friends with your children, then the outcome is not going to be the God outcome. Amen? Or when children start thinking that you're blessed to have them instead of them being blessed having you, then that is a spiritual reversal that will bring a curse to their life. And when you get smarter than God and spare the rod, then you don't keep your child's soul from hell. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that you ought to beat your child to death. But probably the sound of 
might scare something out of them. Amen? But God is smarter than all of us. Amen? And when he gives authority to things to happen and so forth, we are to honor that authority. Okay. So, praise God, let's move on. Now that we got that settled, hallelujah. Mark, the ninth chapter, there you go. And it says, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now we've read that passage of scripture and we do understand that Jesus is dealing with the spirit. He's not dealing with some second personality. He's not dealing with bipolarism. He's not dealing with any of those things. He's dealing with the devil. And the disciples said, why could we not cast him out? Jesus does not say because you have no power. Jesus doesn't even really say because you have no faith. What he says in another passage of scripture is because of your unbelief. Now the man that is the father of this son cried out to Jesus, help thou my unbelief. In other words, there are areas that dominate our life. Unbelief is simply the inability to use faith in a situation or designated area. Now why they could not use it here when they had cast out other devils, I don't know. But what I do know is that unbelief has to be dealt with. And so fasting, somebody say fasting. Fasting, doing without food for spiritual purposes. That's what fasting is. That might be why people rebel against it so much is that when they start fasting, it has a way of that the Holy Ghost flips on lights into our lives and starts cleaning the leaven out of them. And some of us just don't like an empty house. We like it filled with things that we can associate ourselves back to the world and our former friends. But Jesus told us a great secret. Come out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, and then I shall be thy God. And so fasting is this unique way of unveiling to us priorities, desires, obedience, faith, hungers, and thirstings. So here it has to do with dealing with unbelief. Well, I'll just get more faith. That doesn't do away with unbelief. See, we have been taught that faith and belief is the same thing. They are not the same thing. So, and then in Luke, let's go to Luke 4, 1 through 4. And what I want to bring out right here in this first point is that fasting is a master key to activate power and activate faith in our life. Now Luke 4, 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. Now that's not, we understand that took place. And that in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. 
And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Another portion says, Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now Jesus is led of the Holy Ghost into the wilderness for 40 days to be separated from food, not water, from food for 40 days for the purpose of spiritual progression or spiritual advancement. Now, why does Jesus go there? Well, he goes there to be tempted of the devil. That is always the reaction of the devil to anybody that walks in obedience, is that the devil is going to tempt you. Now, let's go to Luke 4.14. And it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the same Sabbath day and stood up there to read. Now, what do we see? Jesus went into the wilderness, being filled with the Holy Ghost. But after a 40-day fast, he returns in the power. Somebody say the power. That is the word deutimus. It simply is a life-changing, alterating, perpetual motion of power accumulating and demonstrating itself in an individual. Now, if we really wanted to be truthful today, most of us here are filled with the Holy Ghost. But very few of us have the power that Jesus demonstrated that the works that he did, we shall do all say. So, will I say that every day? Thus is, rebel, thus is areas of faith that are never going to be broken through except through fasting. Jesus didn't have to confess that he had the power of the Holy Ghost. He demonstrated he had the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? All right, so let's realize that it's a master key. Somebody say a master key. All right. In this building, there are, I don't know how many doors, but we have a key for every door. Now, I have a master key. Now, I'm not sure how it works. I know it doesn't work on the account room or the counting room, and it doesn't work in the nursery because they have animal crackers in there and I keep stealing them. And I eat them because I love animal crackers. Don't bring me any. I don't need them. And so I have a master key. Now, I, since I know Eric, Nikki, and Phyllis, Regina, and David, I know that it doesn't open all the doors. It only opens the ones they want me to have access to. But it doesn't open them all. I know that. But I have a key that's supposed to be a master key that is a limited master key, and that is a deceivable master key. And if I ever give it to you, I hope you get in where you're going. Now, but then there are other little keys. But Fasting is one of the primary dominant keys to spiritual power and spiritual authority. Now, it may seem foolish to you and I, 
it certainly seems foolish to the world that you could sustain from food and pleasure for a given time that would enhance the depth of the authority and the power of God flowing in your life. But God uses these foolish things to confound the wise. He uses weak things to confound their strength. So don't go by the world. I've had pastors tell me this. Well, you know, I tried that fasting. It didn't work for me, so I guess it's not for me. Listen, whether you see it or not, it's working. It is a pattern of life that we as Christians are to establish in our Christian life. Now, let's go over to uh, 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 1. The foolishness called fasting. The foolishness of the act of fasting. Second Chronicles 20. We know that this is a common passage of Scripture, and we read it, and we use it for praise and so forth, and it is used for that. And in Second Chronicles 20 and verse 1, And it came to pass that after this, that also the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, which were then on the, with them other besides the Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. Somebody say feared. In other words, he is very intimidated and immobilized. And it says he feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Now remember, he's overcome by fear. There is an absence of faith in Jehoshaphat. Now he has been doing what God has asked him to do, treating his enemies right and so forth. But all of a sudden, this fear comes in, intimidates him, paralyzes Jehoshaphat. Now he can stay paralyzed like you and I can. He can stay overwhelmed. He can stay intimidated. He can stay bound by fear. Or he can break its power over his life. So what did Jehoshaphat choose to do? Call the intercessors. No. Call the prayer warriors. Get me my confession book. No. And it says this, And he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a what? Fast throughout all Judah. But yeah, but we got birthdays and we got this and we got that, said the carnal-minded man. We cannot build our lives around giving God opportunity. We build God in the midst of all that we do so he has access at any given time. See, the church wants to be a part of society, 
Society does not want the church until it conforms to its mindset. Our societies are not to conform our worship and our service to God. Our God is to conform society to serve Him and acknowledge Him in all of our ways. Amen. All right, so it says here that He proclaimed a fast. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask of the Lord, even out of all of the cities and Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. Notice two things that fasting begins to bring forth out of a person's life. Number one, they came together to call upon the name of the Lord. Fasting. You know that fasting is known as the continual, perpetual intercession of the believer? Could I have Jeremiah 14, 12 on the screen? In other words, when we're fasting in secret, God is hearing very loudly our petitions, our desires, and our needs. Jeremiah, when they fast, I will not hear their what? cry. In other words, fasting has a voice. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. That cry, that word comes from their wailing, their lamentations. In other words, God says, when Israel turns to me and they're in sin, even when they fast, I will not hear it until there first is a repentive heart. So understand that fasting has a voice. Jesus said, if you fast in secret, God will reward you openly. So fasting has a voice. You can call it body language. You can call it whatever you want. Pushing away the plate, God's eyes are upon the righteous. He sees when you push the plate back. He sees when you withdraw from the pleasures of life for spiritual purposes. Could I get an Amen. Amen. God knows those things. So here we see that they gathered to ask God, and then it says they gathered to seek God. Do you know that fasting in a believer's life is a proclamation of their purpose of seeking God beyond where they are? Now, someone would say, well, I've already found God. I'm, I'm born again. I'm saved. Praise God. I'm a child of God. I know it. I know all that. But the Bible still tells us that we are to seek the Lord. And when we seek him, he will be found of us. You know, you can be in relationship with God and never be intimate with God. They that know their God will do great exploits. So the depth of the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost is really seen in our lives when it's active. But if it's not active, it tells us how void of understanding that we are of God. That went over like a lead balloon. Paul said the kingdom of God is not in word only but in power. And when I come, I will not know the words of those that are resisting the truths that I preach, but I will know the power. Do you realize that he had a veil 
an Elijah moment in the church at Corinth? He wanted to know who God's, who God was with and who God wasn't with. And he said this, the signs of the apostles have followed me. Where are your signs? Now you would think that nobody would be that boisterous, but there are sometimes just has to be a reality check of who's God's hands on and who's it's not on. Those that have come in contact with God and those that haven't. It's one thing that we can be known of God, but it's another thing if we know him. Could it get an amen? And one of the ways that we open up these places of intimate relationship with God and discover who he is and he reveals the secret things to us is in the area of fasting. In the area of fasting. Seek. He set himself to seek the Lord. Now, he could have done it by a lot of different ways. How did he do it? Fasting. Now, he's in a pinch. He's about to be destroyed. Do you think he took the highest way to do it or the lowest way to do it? Boy, you're a quiet bunch today. How do you, what way do you think if you had one chance to get a hold of God, to turn fear into faith, to overthrow your enemy's plans, and to rescue your family and a nation from destruction, would you take the highest way or the lowest way? Thank you. Well, Jehoshaphat is no different. He uses fasting. We cannot lower the power of fasting and cause it to be equal with prayer. And we can never overestimate the power of fasting and prayer together. If the Old Testament reveals to us anything, and Jesus' life reveals anything to us, is that fasting is to be a customized, systematic way of living with God. And that it is an expression of our desire to seek him. God, I want more of you. Then you're going to have to step it up, and you're going to have to begin to fast. Now, uh, go, don't turn your Bibles, but put on the screen Isaiah 58, verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9. Isaiah 58, verse 8 and 9. And then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Do you know that you have the opportunity of the revelation of God at your disposal. They that know their God, you seek me, you'll find me. Count everything else but dung that you may apprehend fellowship with God. Now, that right there says that you have light that will break forth as the morning. This is talking about the act of fasting. You want to discover God 
in the secret places that he abides, then begin to fast and allow the Holy Ghost to take you there. Now, if you just want to observe him through a picture frame, observe him by somebody else's testimony, observe him by somebody else's book. You can do that. But it will never be as glorious as God turning on the light that he has for you. Because their light is not your light. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. God has places that he wants to reveal himself to you and I that you will understand and be able to answer the question, who do you say that I am? Now let me tell you who I say that God is. God is my deliverer because I've been bound. God is my healer because I've been sick. God is my source because I've been broke. God is the healer of brokenheartedness because I've been brokenhearted. God is the healer of my marriage because my marriage sucked. Now, God is that to me. But you may not have ever had to experience God as a marriage healer. You may not have been married to Philip. That was a slow response. You know, you start talking serious people. Yeah, just be quiet. No. And so... You haven't been where I have been. But I do know in whom I believe. And I am fully persuaded that he that brought me out will keep me and be faithful until the day of the Lord. Now, who is God to you? Nobody can answer that but you. But you will really never discover who God wants to be in your life until you begin to exercise fasting in your life. So, it is a spiritual weapon against our fears, against the plans of the enemy, and against the people that he uses. Jehoshaphat was smart. He said, I got to find God, and I got to find God quick. They're on my doorstep. He didn't do 101 things that we do. He pulled out the strongest place of connection that a man has with God. I'm going to throw myself on the mercy of God. Now, realize that fasting is an act of humility. It says in Ezra, that he was at the river of Ahava, and he says, and I afflicted myself. In other words, the word affliction means, and I humbled myself and resigned to my own hopelessness that God might rescue me. See, fasting is an act of humility, and prideful people don't do it. They think that they can do everything their way. But God's wiser than we are. Could again, amen. So, it is an act of humility. It is an act of faith. 
It is, in all reality, Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. In other words, he was hungry and thirsty to find God's voice in his problem. We discovered last week that when we fast, that God's voice becomes amplified and the senses become dulled. And the Holy Ghost spake, separate Paul and Barnabas for the call that I have for them. Fasting orchestrates visitations from God. Yeah, amen. All right, let's go to Esther. Hallelujah. Let's go to Esther. Hallelujah. Esther, Esther. Esther, Esther, Esther. Esther, Esther, Esther. Esther, Esther, Esther. Where are you at, Esther? Esther, you are, Esther. Nehemiah and Job have her cradled. All right, let's go to uh, Esther 3, 6 down through 10. And it says this. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone and that he had shown him the people of Mordecai where Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Asarias, even the people of Mordecai. And in the fifth month, that is the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of the king Ahasuerus, uh, what I said the first time, and they cast her, that is the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month to the 20th month, and that is the month of Adar. And Haman said unto the king Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from the people, neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the kingdom's profit to suffer them. If it be pleased the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of this business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, and the son of Hamanditha, the Agagite, and the Jews' enemies. And the king said unto Haman, Thy silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. And there the king's scribe called on the thirteenth day in the fifth month, and there was written according to all of Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were every in every province and to the rulers of every people, every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people after the language in the name of the king Ahasuerus, as it was written and sealed with the king. And the letters were sent out to the post, and it goes on and tells this, that every Jew is going to be killed. 
every Jew. Every Jew is going to be killed. Now look at chapter 4 and verse 1. And it says, Mordecai perceived all that was done. Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud voice, a bitter cry, and came even before the king's gate, but none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandments and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews and you think that they're taking something secondary or primary? primary? Fasting should be a primary element of the tools of our warfare against the adversaries of our souls. And it says, Jews and fasted and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Now let's go down to chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not this to thyself, that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, notice, holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Hallelujah. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whither thou art come to this kingdom for such a time as this. And then it says, Then Esther bade them, returning Mordecai, this answer, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, I will also, and my handmaidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Now here we see that we can fast for other people. Fast for me. Evidently, she wanted favor. So favor can be released, apprehended on the behalf of another for fasting. I think it's one of the things that we do very little of for our leaders in the kingdom of God and for the leaders of our nation. They need help. Amen? They need help. And so then Esther declares a fast that her and her handmaidens are going to be a part of three days with no food and no water. The longest fast in the Bible defined with no food and no water. And she's going to go in and she's expecting that the rules of the land will be turned, that she can be preserved, that she can give a voice. So fasting brings us before people and allows us to have a voice. Instead of witnessing to the same people all the time, maybe we ought to add fasting to it that they might hear in a way they have never heard. Amen? Maybe we ought to pray for the deliverance of our families when we know that the enemy has a plan for the destruction of their life. Amen? She is praying not only for her father's house, for her namesake. 
She's praying for all of the seed of Israel. And she's willing to risk her life. But she banks her deliverance and her favor, as well as her escape out of this situation, on fasting. We need to be more like Esther. Amen? The act of fasting must have been enough by God's people, the Jews, to have confidence that God would answer. They must believe that there was second to none other way to get God's attention and to have him hear the cries of their problem. Remember, Jesus said prayer and fasting. These two Batman and Robins, as it were, are undefeatable when they are coupled one with another. And fasting will supercharge prayer and cause your voice to be heard and your howlings and your cryings as well as your hungers and thirstings, priorities and government of your purpose to be heard. An act of humility, an act of surrender, an act of faith to release the waiting God whose eyes are running to and fro, looking to whom he may show himself strong. Fasting arrests God like nothing else. Because what it does is it prioritizes your need before the Lord and declares to him that you see that you are not your source but he is. It's an act of great humility. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to Ezra. Ezra, the 8th chapter and verse 21. Got all these books that we don't hardly ever get into. Ezra, 8.21. Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, all of these were... Uh, protégés or disciples of Jeremiah and Daniel. When we see all of these prophets, what we see is Jeremiah's influence upon them. And so these men are writing from the perspective of what the 70 years has done and would do in Israel's life, but also what God would do if Israel would turn to him. All right. Uh, Ezra 8 and verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava. Now the word Ahava means submission or subsistence. In other words, at this juncture in his life, he is faced with something that he cannot overcome. And what he does, he yields himself to God and said, God, I do not exist without you. Pretty powerful. And then it says this. And it says that we might afflict ourselves, humble ourselves before our God, to seek him a right way for us. Now what we do is we begin to step into that fasting 
leads us into hidden pathways of deliverance and victory. Now they're in God, but that light, that understanding, that insight into God's purpose is only broke forth through fasting. Now, Isaiah has not been written yet, but Ezra knows that fasting is a master key to unlocking the understanding and the hidden pathways of deliverance and provision from God. He understands that. As a leader, he understands that. And then it says, and it says, right way for us and for our little ones and for all of our substance. So here he is fasting for that. But then notice, for I was ashamed to require the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king saying the hand of our God is upon all them for good and that seek him but his power and his wrath is against them that forsake him so we fasted and besought our God for this and he was entreated of us in other words Ezariah was what? He was ashamed that he would have to lean to the strength of mere mortal men over the proclamations of faith about his God. So he knew that he had a choice. Now you can go and grovel and beg and borrow and do all those things at the feet of natural man if that's what you want but there is also a place that you can apprehend seek God and God will respond to your cry and God will protect you your family and your substance now understand the enemy is waiting in the way there is no question the outcome or Ezra never would have fasted he said we will go this way or we'll go around that way no 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 he knew that it was certain death he was going to lose his children he was going to lose all of his substance and he was going to lose his own life he was no match for that which was in front of him but God's hand was with them that do good why didn't, Ezra, why didn't Ezra just go on and say, well, you know, God's hand is upon us. Do us good. Because he understood that a promise without faith will never be performed. And that fasting is an act of faith that entreats God to be God. Ezra delivered his people because of fasting. Are your children in peril? Are they bound? Are they deceived? Are they headed someplace that they should not be going? And are we just saying, well, the hand of God, they're the seed of the righteous, they're blessed. No, no. Amplify it till it shakes the very core of all that faith can reach and accept. Amplify it. Don't sit still. 
throw yourself at the feet of the mercy seat of God and say, God, I beseech you, grace, grace, God, at this mountain that I cannot move. Because when you humble yourself, more grace is given. But God will resist the proud. But God is waiting to bestow grace that we cannot understand upon our children, upon our finances, upon our substance. You might say, well, when it happens, I'm going to do it. No, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter, you never know what evil is doing. But you do know this. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is filled with evil. That is an abundant in itself. Every day is a pending day of destruction for our seed, for our substance, for who we are and what God has called us to do. Doesn't well, well, God, I'm right in the will of God. Sometimes you're right in the will of God and all you are is a target for all the enemies of your life. You can never determine whether things are going or not going good or bad just based on you're in God's will. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, those that are in the steps of God. So let's realize how powerful fasting is. We're going to wrap it up next week, so if you want to miss one more week, you can do that. But I'm just telling you, that after 25 years of fasting, starting out, struggling, fasting one meal a day, then two, until I got to the point that I could go 24 hours. All of those things have taught me secrets from the kingdom. Secrets of who God is. Not to you, but to me. To me. And so, let's use our faith in fasting like they used it. If it worked for them, it'll work for us. Like I said, fasting is like faith on steroids. Man, it will just blow things up. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hmm. There is a tumor a growth in a bowel that is being is dissipating right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know if they classified it or polyp. I don't know what they classified it, but I tell you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, that that growth, that tumor, is disappearing in the name of Jesus Christ. And that come out of them in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you this broken blood vessel behind an eye. In fact, it's leaked out, and uh, you have like a, a blood vein showing in your eye. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm just saying that that blood vessel behind your eye or in your eye has broken. Now, God is healing that. Don't worry about it. It's not a side effect of some other disease that you're thinking it's just happened. Now, God's healing that right now in the name of of Jesus Christ. There's like a ligament on the back of an ankle 
uh, it's on the inside of your leg from uh, that uh, bone that sticks out there. Uh, right, really starts right behind that and it goes up the back of your leg. God is healing that right now. I don't know a tendon. I don't know what it is. But God is healing that right now in the name of Jesus. And somebody uh, got a hit on the left side of the head. And uh, you've been having migraine headaches. That is being healed right now. I curse it. I command it to come out of them in Jesus' name. Now, God, I loose right now peace and health upon them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 This is a moment that Jesus has waited for. This is a moment that Jesus has waited for. For 30 years, he walked the shores of Galilee, watching men fish, helping his father in the carpenter's shop, going to the synagogue, when his expectancy was one day, I will say, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He waited. He was calling people. If you're here today and you're a sinner, that means you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. That means you've never surrendered your life to him. Or if you're a backslider, that means that you once knew God and you just withdrew. You just turned and went back to the world for whatever reason. If you're here today and you're a backslider, if you're here today and you're a sinner, and you say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If you're willing to give up your life to receive eternal life, then this altar call is for you. If you're a backslider and you're willing to say, I'm done with trying to handle my own life, I want to give it to Jesus, just give it all, surrender it all. It costs you nothing, but it requires everything you have. If you're here today, and you're a sinner or a backslider, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to step out of the aisle and come down here. I'm going to count to three. One, remember this is for backsliders and for sinners. We've all been sinners. Many of us have been backsliders. But today is for you. Two, for all these years and all these months and all these days, Jesus has been waiting to call you. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Get ready. If this is you, I want you to step out into the aisle and come down here. If you're a sinner or a backslider. Three, wherever you are right now, step out of that seat. Step out into the aisle and come down. Here they come. Someone else. Someone else. Someone else. Someone else. Congratulations, guys. How you doing? Good deal. How you doing, young man? Hallelujah. Praise God. Stretch forth your hands, folks. Just repeat this with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. And I believe that He died for my sins. 
and that he was buried. And on the third day, you raised him from the dead. And I now believe that he is Lord of all. I receive you now, Jesus. I denounce all hidden works of darkness. In Jesus' name, I'm born again. I'm God's property. Amen and amen. Now I want to bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lose blessing upon her. God, I ask that you direct her steps. I ask you, God, to heal this heart problem in the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you. Father, I pray for this couple. I pray, God, that you would direct their steps. Increase their faith and grow them, O oh God. God, draw them to you. Reveal the secret places that you have for their life, the purposes and the plan that they have. And God, we just declare today that God, there is no remembrance of their yesterday. God, these are your children in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now and I ask God that your hand, God, as you've restored him right now, I ask you, God, to walk with him, to keep him. God, accelerate him in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God, folks. Give these people a good round of applause. John, you got a little book for them? All right, good. Would you go with John? He's going to give you a book just about how to be a Christian and all that. Praise God forever. Jesus is alive. Amen. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven one more time. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your blood, for your body, and for the life that you've given me. I count it a joy to live for you, to share you, and to demonstrate you. You are the Lord of my life. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. Thank you, Mark.